Hi, how are you? Yeah, all right. I'm reading Neil's book, and I want to carry on. Is it good? Yeah, I love all this. Love all this. Um, we should say who's on. Yeah. Um, Neil Forsyth, who wrote The Gold on BBC, a drama about the Brinks Matt robberies coming on. He's a chat. I think he's an early chatter biscuit, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah, in a weird way. Yeah. Your voice sort of broke. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Who are you? <laughs> you take his uncle. <laughs> I'm Philip. Hello, Philip. I'm going to close my door, <laughs> Philip. Hold on. <laughs> um, welcome, everyone. So the gold... Hold on, I can't hear you. I've got my headphones on. What? So the gold okay. feels... It's on BBC. It feels like it's been a hit, isn't it? That's been a massive hit. But I haven't watched it. I've watched one episode in 10 minutes. I, um, I hoovered it up. I think it was a bit of a... One where it's one a week or something. You know, one of those ones. Like old-fashioned telly. Jam, 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 jam. The fucking postman's coming. Oh, no, no. Okay, <laughs> fuck, fuck. Okay, this is weird. <gasps> oh, my God, is he going to come in? I saw him walking down the hill. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, I feel quite nervous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my letter. Why, why am I letter taking? <laughs> this is fucking mental <laughs> yes completely if you don't know if you haven't heard in an f- episode whenever the postman just came in and put the letters on David's desk oh he's walked past oh no he'll be back basically he walks into my office and just drops him <laughs> on my desk <laughs> beyond weird oh, <laughs> oh god I'm nervous yeah I know I am well I'm not nervous what am I I'm excited some Neil lack might have of respect. I think that's what it is. No <laughs> respect for me. We're going to have to tell Neil to hold on for a sec because we're waiting for the postman to come in. I mean, we normally have. There's always post. So I'll be amazed he didn't come in. Maybe he leaves you to the end so he can have a natter. Like oh. he'll do everyone else on the close and then... Is your road a close? Um, a cool is hard? <laughs> <laughs> cool de sac. Cool de sac. Probably a cool de sac. <laughs> cool Do you know what cool de sac means, Joe? Well, not said like that, no. A cool de sac. Yeah. what it means? Uh, it's a French word for bendy road or something. No, I worked it out. I, I think I'm right. Bottom of the bag or end of the bag. A cool de sac. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Well, if you've worked yeah, you don't know how to say it. You haven't worked out how to say it. it Is it called bottom me. of the bag? Something like that. Cool de sac. Meaning. <laughs> meaning. The passage. Oh, no, meaning, yeah. The passage that's closed at one end. I'm sure, yeah, but it's sac. <laughs> sac. It's, Just say it's, sac. <laughs> sac. Called a sac. Um, sac. Should we at some point explain more about Neil? Bottom of the sack. That's what it means. <laughs> bottom of the sack. No, it's not one of those. I didn't ask that. I said you live on a close. <laughs> you call your road a close. Growing up, we called our road a close. Um, yeah, uh, no, I don't really. don't know what to call it. It's the bit that don't. goes off and stops. 
<laughs> Fuck me, why? <laughs> Don't know why I started that. Um, oh, Neil's here. Is he? Yeah. Fucking hell, just as the postman's about to turn up. <laughs> Hi, Neil. Hi, Neil. What a woman. What you've, a woman. You, you've come at an absolutely key point. Oh, yeah. What's that? Right. This, How tell can me I if help? You think, <laughs> right. David has an office in his house. I know. It's in his house, but the postman just walks in and puts the post on his desk. He just walks <laughs> in. He's only just started doing this. He walks in, just comes here. There you go, mate. All right, thanks. <laughs> it's so like weird. It's, but it's quite a deep office, so it's not like yeah, he's, he's, got got fair way, he's got a fair way to travel. He's got a chunk to walk in. And there's, David's... A, there's a point in time when, he, when he's walking and you're looking at him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I've, I've witnessed in. it. So we were talking the other day and David went, Hello, mate. <laughs> Cheers. And I went, "What the hell was that?" He goes, "Postman's just coming." And but he's uh, just walked by. Sorry, he's. So he's, he might I know, be coming. I know he's. <laughs> David knows it. So at any point, yeah, we may get interrupted by the postman. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited generally. This is. Well, you're just here. There you go, mate. There's nothing. There's nothing to it, really. There you go. I really want to see the postman come into your, uh, the milkman come into your office and put uh, two pints on your desk. (laughs) Cheers, mate. Um, How are you, Neil? Sorry, I'm great. I'm. This is. I'm. uh, You know. This is exciting. I'm a. I feel like I've won a competition. (laughs) Oh, really? It's quite the opposite. I'm an old school. I know. Old school chatter biscuit and a proper Why? one. Why? Why? Yeah, were you an early adopter? <laughs> Very early. Very oh, early. To the so extent weird. I get a bit pissed off with these guests you have <laughs> that say, oh, I'm a big fan, big fan. And then, you know, when you drill into it, they've quickly listened to an episode from the yeah, previous week. it's not week. good enough, is it? <laughs> and it's I like, couldn't agree oh, more. I'm, I'm, Where I'm were you school. during the Cockfield series? <laughs> Where were you yeah. in the Premier Inn series? Whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. I've, you know, I've been in the trenches. I'd love it if you went on Mastermind, especially subject early chatterbox. Yeah, what episode was just a buzz? Was just a buzzing. Series <laughs> yeah. two, episode eight, forty-two minutes. Kept listening because oh, I thought this. Kept listening because I thought this has to pay off. This oh. has to pay off. It hasn't yet, is it? And um, no, oh yeah, some people have been moaning that it's got too polished. Would too you agree? Too professional. Do you I Do you know. feel that? Do you like? Oh, they've gone down that. Route. I think that's uh, chatter biscuit nostalgia. I think if they actually went back, <laughs> yeah, it's hard fucking work. Excuse my language. Yeah, because I've gone back and gone. I wouldn't listen to this. Absolutely not. But yeah. I think it's one of these things that if you knew there was going to be so many of that nature, you might have checked out. But I think I always felt. There was something around the corner. <laughs> you were wrong, weren't you? you no, no, no. I was right. My favourite one of those days was when you had one in a hotel and you'd, you'd had a break to sort of rebuild. And you came back and you said, you started off a little bit, you know, a little bit sort of upbeat, right, over back. And at the end of that episode, one of you said, what happened today can never happen again. <laughs> and that was your comeback. <laughs> that was our power start. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But no, it's terrific. Can I just, David, oh. can I quickly just check in on a John Lloyd question you asked? I just listened yeah. to that this morning. So John Lloyd, obviously one of the greats, you know, so many shows you could have delved into. I actually wrote it down this morning because I enjoyed it so much. You asked John Lloyd, got anything on the tallest man? 
What was the context of that? <laughs> it was when he was talking about just knowing a lot. I really enjoyed that. it. I remember David before going, <laughs> you've done this on a couple of people. David's gone, I'm going to see how big their brains are. Oh. And I go, oh, God, don't. And David go, do you know much about butterflies? Uh, Who was that great. you doing that? But honestly, oh. this is by a country mile my favourite podcast. I think it's oh. terrific. It's brilliant. Oh. No, but it's brilliant. It's it's you know. I mean, how many podcasts could you listen to on this 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 commitment? I know. <laughs> but is that because you've got nothing, or you have got stuff on, but so you just have some crap going on in the background? Just enjoy it. Enjoy it. Oh. Enjoy it when it goes well, and particularly enjoy it when it goes wrong. And you know, it's just uh, no, it's great. Yeah. And and yeah. it is. I think it's it's it's. Um, I think you still have you still have the little f- flashes of the old days when it's the yeah. two of you. Neither of you particularly much. We fall off our perches. There's quite moment. a few of those coming up because um, <laughs> we've got a lot of space to fill. So. <laughs> yeah, we strip back. Yeah, and gone to. Uh, we I listened back to two the other day, Neil, and I thought I'd played the same episode twice because we started like this. Uh, hello, mate. Hold on. Give us a sec. It was literally oh, word for word. I was like, my God, we've got to shake things up a bit. Um, anyway neil yes hello neil yeah (laughs) thanks for coming on yeah (laughs) (laughs) neil um anything that can fill 40 minutes (laughs) (laughs) huge amount can try and get get a bit of buzz going yeah (laughs) yeah Um, neil you're a writer correct as are you as a jewel yeah i don't see myself as a writer that's worrying since you professionally you've made television shows <laughs> yeah. I know when I go, what? I, I know what you they... mean though, but I think but is that because you're a performer as well? Or I um... honestly it's Jack of all trades, master of none, just like well, I'll try that. I'll got away with that, do that. Yeah. I don't I don't see myself as a writer. What do you do? Are the two of you you're writing are you writing just now? You're writing together separately? Or... Um we're not really writing together at the moment because we we we'll keep remembering how hard it is. I think. Yeah, I'm writing something else with someone else, but I like. I had a little idea. I thought, oh, Joe and I could. Da, 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 I sent to Joe, but it does feel like, oh God, going to start that again. Well, you know, when writing. you finish something and you go, oh, like when when you haven't written before, it's quite like, oh, it's the unknown's quite nice. Yeah, your naivety sort of yeah. gets you through. I think when it's just you writing. I co- it's when you start sharing things, I find it gets a bit, it, it changes a little bit. It's not so pure as to just sitting down and having an idea and battering it out when you're starting to get feedback and notes. And... How do you do it though, Neil, on your own? Honestly, I just, Seems I impossible. don't know how you do it. Uh, well, I think probably because I, well, I started off as a sort of, well, a freelance journalism, but without any great qualifications. So I just kind of, I used to write um, write for football websites, you know, in the early days, football websites. And then I just worked in a pub, nightclub in Edinburgh, but I was desperate to be a writer. And just and I think the two things that stood me in good stead was one of which I had years of trying to get journalism work. So it's like pitching stories to editors. So I think I got quite good at pitching, which is, right. you know, hard. It's hard, yeah. It's hard. Yeah. And being trying to be concise and, you know, all that stuff, write a paragraph or all that bollocks or quick, quick conversations. So I got quite good at that, I think. And then 
And then the first, apart from journalism I did, was, was books. And that's such a solitary form of writing. You know, I wrote a couple of novels and non-fiction wow. books. And so that's by myself. And I think I just got in this swing of being a pretty solitary writer. And um, I've tried to co-write a couple of times. I, I struggle with it a wee bit, um, even with great writers, because I didn't, it's just not how I kind of, how I kind of work. So I just got in the habit of plowing away by myself, really. How many days do you spend just staring at a wall? Or have you got um, little games you can play to get you through the writing process? I just try and write as early as I can in the day. Get yeah. going, get going. And I feel what that... Well, I've got... So this doesn't happen every day, but today, for example... So I've got sort of domestic duties, if you like, between 7 and 8 in the morning. And if I yeah. wake up early, I try and sneak downstairs and do an hour at like 6. Yeah. And if I do that hour, I mean, I'm cock-a-hoop. Um, yeah, you know, you know, I, I just, I just set, I just kind of settle down a wee bit and chill out because you've got that little bit done, and then get back to it in the morning. But certainly mornings, as much as you, as much as I can do as quickly as possible, I feel you kind ever, of. You could have an appointment. You go right. I'm just done now. Yeah, totally. Put, oh, I, I, I think sometimes we used to go because <laughs> when we wrote Rovers, we were like half eight to half five every day. We just we didn't want to have an ex- if if it turned out to be crap. We didn't want yeah, to have didn't, that excuse yeah. of we, we didn't, didn't put the hours it, in, yeah. right? But yeah, anything for anything from like half two onwards. Yeah, we we nothing. We just amount of times we get to we go. Oh, can't think of anything. Look at the watch. You go. Oh, it's three o'clock. Uh, yeah, so, I think it's a wee bit. Well, everyone's different, and I think if the two of you together, that probably helps push each other on. But I kind of, I I've got a big thing of thinking. Right, you know, obviously if you're up against it with deadlines, that's all very different. But on a, on a normal day of yeah, usually it is about two o'clock actually thinking, right, that's decent. I'll maybe have a little think about something for the rest of the day when I'm walking the dog or whatever, driving about, but I'm not going to, I'm going to get off away from the desk. And the other, the big thing I do is I always know what I'm going to start the next day with. So the last, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the last oh, thing, that's good. So the last thing I do is write myself a little note at the top of the script, go yeah. straight, go straight to page 19 or scene, whatever, um, and usually it's one that's uh, I've been kind of putting off because it's like a tough thing to write. Write this first, and if I know, yes, yeah, so I always know what I'm writing first the next day, and I think that's really helpful in terms of it's harder to procrastinate. Yeah, um, when, when you know specifically what you're supposed to be doing. So when you you when you plotting the gold, yeah, over a number of episodes, are you doing making sure that's kind of watertight before you write any most lines on the page? Pretty much. I mean, it's um, I kind of outline the series, but the detail dissipates as I go. So, like my opening app, I'll have a, almost a scene by scene outline, and then it kind of yeah, you know, short shortens as you go. And when it gets to episode six, I've kind of got ideas of the ending, ideas of people's conclusion. But you know, if you looked at it in a board, it sort of go like that. It's great for a podcast, but I mean, it's like getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. And then as I write. As a writer, I'll kind of go ahead and flesh out. But I know I need I do need to have a plan. I mean, outlining is something that I've I resisted a lot when I was younger and I realized just the absolute vital nature of it now, because it's Although I was reading about Martin McDonough. He just writes. Oh God, sorry, someone is phoning That's me right. s- Brilliant. about ten Brilliant. times. I keep putting it up. I'm so sorry. No, you answer that, mate. <laughs> 
Sorry, I don't feel <laughs> Take hot. it. Take the call. I'm so sorry. Take Hello? it. He's actually oh God. taking it. Imagine this was terrible news. And then we just have to get back to it. I'm so sorry, Neil. If he had life-crushing news came off the phone, and I'm like, well, think about outlining. Yeah, but think about the... Uh... Oh, yeah, get for the hits. Yeah, that would work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could yeah, tweet. Was yeah. yeah, Martin McDonough said, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know how much I sort of believe it, but when he was writing Banshees, he sort of didn't know quite where it was going. Yeah, well, I think maybe that's a kind of director thing as well because they've, they've got sort of the, the script and then the vision, I suppose, and they think they can kind of fix it as they go. But right. I don't know. I mean, with guilt, with guilt I kind of... I was a bit looser. I kind of wrote it out without really knowing what it was going. The thing about the gold is, obviously, it's all there. It's a true story. I've got all yeah. that information. So this <laughs> is mental, isn't it? It's great. Oh, God, I'm so it's sorry. so unbelievably real. Was... Hey, mate. Uh, no, but Who it was kept that? ringing. It was. Um, I couldn't. I, I put it down six times, and it kept coming back. It Who was. was it? Um, it was. Um, right. I. <laughs> I pranged a car about four months ago. Why haven't you told me anything about this? That's an epic. Don't want to don't spunk this story on my head. Exactly. (laughs) You get 40 minutes out of it. Well, we get three episodes out of it now. I'm so sorry, but they just could and then why have you not said this before? I don't know. Is that the other guy? The guy that you pranked? It was it was um basically I was in Swindon helping Petra's niece move. And uh, it was all quite a stressful day, and I, and it was what like, did, what did that look like? It's a bit of tension, uh, bit of tension when you said you were helping I, I, the I remember smooth. saying, "You just tell me what to do, and I'll do it." All right, one of those days, you know, where <laughs> okay. you go, just yeah. look, I'll just use me, and I'm not going to get in one of those. And, yeah, and uh, it was like, can you turn the car around? And uh, and uh, it's quite a tight road, and I just scraped a bit of this car, and was like, and uh, the hairdresser's <laughs> car. In the hairdresser's car, yeah, yeah, and uh, but it was quite a nice like BMW. And then I left my name and number and everything. How and did you I, react when you did that? When considering you were in that mood, uh, did you yeah, did you was, find a way to blame anyone else for what had happened? No, I, I realised in the moment I was, I was like, God, I'm my dad, because I went like this. I went <laughs> sort of growled to myself. And Petra was like, oh, I'm going to... Because I think she came in with... She had the attitude, what have you done? Got near me and was like, it's all right. It's yeah. only a, like, she, because I was... Big grizzly bear in the car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I remember my dad being like that. Just going, yeah. okay. That's all right. That's okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, they hadn't got in contact. Sorry, Neil's written one of the oh, best Neil, shows sorry. in the last no, I'm, just, I'm <laughs> loving it. Sorry, congratulations on your latest show. It's, tomorrow. Fant- it's fantastic, by the way. <laughs> Do you want to call me back when you're available, lads? Because yeah, this is not a great time for us right now, Neil. At least someone needs Neil now. <laughs> oh, I hope the postman comes in at the end. That'd be a beautiful yeah. little ribbon. Dovetail, perfect. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So, and then I left my number, and they hadn't got in contact for ages. And the chat phoned me yesterday. And said, but it's annoying because it's a, it was a hire car, so the hire car company are going to flipping fleece me. I know it. They're right. going to, they're going to, going to take. Sorry, that was the hire car company ringing. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, she, they went into their spiel, and I was going, it's not really a great time. Not really. Great. I'm, have you seen the gold? 
I'm podding. I'm podding. Podding. I bet everyone's podding. I said to her, I said, I'm in the middle of a a company meeting. I said, You said that. I said, lovely. I said, I wasn't going to say, I'm in the middle of a podcast with Neil Forsyth. Have you seen the gold? He wrote Imagine, that. I'm yeah. Great if the postie came in and slagged off the gold at the end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I might. Yeah. I wonder if I could say. Have you seen? If I could just be like, <laughs> oh, hey. You seen that? I was uh, having lunch, lunch with my wife recently, and these people at the next table started talking about it. And uh, that's never happened to me before. Yeah, I've never happened to me before. I thought, fuck me, imagine if they slate it here. I'll not be able to stop myself from getting involved if they make some some fundamental error in the critique. Yeah. I just lean back in my chair. Sorry, actually. Yeah, but I've only seen one. I've only seen one and a half episodes, Neil, but I think it's unslatable. Yeah. Why did you? Talk me through the half. Yeah, David. This morning before you came on. Fine. Yeah. I think it's unslatable. I was like, no, you're fine. Uh, it's gripping, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, um, I, just going back to me, you must have had this, David, walking back to the car after a gig and a couple, I was behind a couple and they're going, that first guy was fucking awful. Oh, yeah, I've had loads. And, uh, <laughs> and then I was walking across the car park just going, oh, it's quite a big car park, they're obviously going to go left or right, and they were in the car next to me and they were still slagging me off and they... I felt so bad for them because they saw me and they were like, hi. Oh, God. And they were like, obviously just n- not bad people. Just I'd done a shocker. Do you know, the worst thing when I think about gigs is that I'd be on stage as Brian and go, oh, look at you, mate. Oh, God, you fucking, oh, yeah, fuck off, mate. Ah, yeah, <laughs> and then after the gig, I'd have my bag and, yeah. oh, there he is. Oh, hi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Just... Good gig. Thank you. <laughs> I hate those moments, those two yeah. worlds colliding. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks ever so much for coming. Thank you. Ugh. I prefer you when anyway. you tell me to F off. Sorry. <sighs> it's not no, when I, was, when I was watching the gold, Neil, I was like, so much work has gone into this. Mm. Just, I was sort of watching as from a writing point of view yeah. as well. I was like, oh my God. How long did it take? Uh, about a probably a year of writing cumulatively. I mean, like all the, these things, as you'll know, I wrote the pilot script years ago and it sort of bounced about and then it got picked up. And then quite quickly, they got, it was a case of writing all the scripts and going straight into production. So it was, um, but what I mean, I had a, a fantastic researcher called Thomas Turner that um, worked full time basically for about six months on the research. And then it was a, so there was that process which really helped. It, it's, it's interesting. It, it is a huge amount of work, but per, at a pure writing level, I found it easier than writing guilt, for example. You know, guilt's fiction, obviously, fiction drama, yeah. and anything can happen, and it's the blank page and everything else. With the gold, I kind of, it's quite intimidating when you've got all that information, but at the same time, I was like, it, the show is in there. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. everything that's going to happen I mean there's creative license and there's dialogue and there's I'll create certain relationships and everything else but this this story's in this document you know when I had yeah. this huge research thing and I found that weirdly comforting yeah um, that I'll get there and then it became almost a slightly journalistic thing of right how's, how's this all going to fit together what am I going to use and not use what can I combine and things and uh, 
and I found and, it, and it's an interesting story as well. So it wasn't it was quite an interesting yeah. you know stuff to kind of wade through. And then yeah. I did, did a lot of interviews. You know, like <clears throat> but, uh, Brian Boyce, the the lead detective that played by Hugh Bonneville, he's alive. How good is he? Oh, amazing! Absolutely well, brilliant. His there. performance. Well, he's wait till you see him. Like, there's a scene in Ep Five when he talks about his sort of wartime experiences. I think. It's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, I think he's. Um, is that when he bonds with the the Swiss guy? Yeah, yeah, the Swiss. Yeah, um, yeah it's he, quite haunting, that isn't it? Like, yeah, he's he's his performance is is incredible. Were you on set? Yeah. yeah. Did see, yeah. Did it feel like? Obviously, they all perform well, but did his performance feel special on set? Oh, did totally. you see it? Yeah, yeah they're just. It was just, it was exciting. I mean, that cast is is yeah. absolutely incredible. And even yeah. you have these parts that people come in, like Sean Harris, you know, who yeah, a huge fan he's of. So good. He's just, he's brilliant. It was, it was amazing to watch. It's a big old cast as well. It's like an ensemble, sort of, let's say, you know, led by Hugh. <laughs> but there's over a hundred named parts in the gold, <clears throat> which is insane. As as you know, a producer nearly had a heart attack trying to whittle it down a wee bit but um no it was great i mean i was on yeah i was on set i, I mean i was i had a last year was amazing on paper but you know nearly i mean I, I i made the gold while writing the third and final series of guilt and the, i wrote a film as well that was shot last year as well Did so you? we so we filmed the, the gold spring and the summer then filmed guilt in glasgow in the autumn uh, while editing the gold and so the gold's just come out and then guilt comes out at the end of april <laughs> which is um it was completely nuts are you hot property <laughs> <laughs> can we get on your coattails please <laughs> I, 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 um, please <laughs> I, i've not seen any immediate sign of being hot property but you did like, you what yeah what position are you in though like if you have an idea what chance is there of it going um higher than it was but still i'd say well i'd say it wasn't even 50 50 in 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 terms of it going because i just think it's still you're still going to get the majority of things turned down for lots of reasons um but i mean i can get you know i, I write scripts i can get script commissions probably if, if you know if i want to but I, increasingly I, I don't like doing that i like just writing the pilot scripts and going out with the pilot script right oh, we like that didn't we joe yeah when yeah. we were we didn't like writing treatments or just felt like no. you were blagging it just want to yeah write and, the and they never they never actually become the thing do they oh, they're, just, no. they're just a, like a a piece of paper to slide under someone's door that will you ignore when you get making yeah. it you spend six months talking about that you know it's um i think it yeah. i think it's quicker and i think you you've you've written the show you want to write and then mm. hopefully hopefully you find a home for it mm. and you've jumped over so many hurdles of development of people giving these and if you take one little note on a treatment it's like okay this character swap this character with this or whatever and you think well that's not much but it's it's massive mm. and then it just extrapolates out over the series and by the yeah. time you're writing episode four you're like why did i agree to that you know that's yeah. um so yeah. So when you when you write a a pilot script without a commission, yeah, how much time do you put aside to do that? Considering you're not getting paid for it and you're gambling a bit, uh, probably a few months. I mean, I've got a production label, so it's quite a complicated system. But I essentially would get paid to do that okay. uh, script. But um, so that you know, because that's obviously yeah, you, you, it is difficult when you write something on spec. You're always it's hard to shake off that feeling of I've not yeah. actually been I've not the pan into there and I've not actually been 
paid yeah. for it. But um, so, but even then, yeah, probably, probably a few months, maybe. Yeah, three or four months. With something like the Brinks, Matt, you have to because it's. I always think when it's a story that's already out there, yeah, it's a well-known story. You have to, you have to find your angle, don't you? Your angle that sort of hasn't been told, or yeah. Well, I think what's so, interesting with the the Brinks Matt story is that it's not. It's it's a famous incident, but I don't think it's a famous story, and that a lot of people right. remember the robbery, but all the things that came off it, no, it's not particularly well known, or or bits of it are known. You know, and uh, there's been some great <clears throat> books written about it and you know, documentaries and things. But in terms of pulling it all together, it's not really been um, not really been to- certainly not been told in that way on television or or film because it's va- it's vast. You know, you couldn't get it into a film. So it's um, I think I really lucked out to be honest. I think it's kind of one in a hundred. As as I'm sure same with you, you get approached a lot with people saying, oh, "I've got this true story. It'd be a great thing." And you look at it. And it's just, it's just not enough story. You know, it's often it'd be a good film. There's like three acts or whatever. But, you know, six hours of BBC, that's, it's a lot of time at film. Um, so, yeah. so it needs to have real legs to it. And, uh, and I think it's incredibly rare for a true story to give you that, that amount of detail. So when, when you first wrote it, how long ago was that? Because I'm always, in, I love hearing stories where you go, I write that 10 years, you know, like. Cause I wrote, I, yeah, I wrote a first draft about five years ago, redrafted it various times over that process. And then eventually when it got to the BBC, um, I had a sort of pilot script and an outline. And even then I made some significant changes when I got into writing it. Um, but it's it's interesting. Nothing's ever, nothing's ever over with these things, yeah. with scripts. You know, you think yeah. it is. Anything could happen with a, with a script. It can, can come back from nowhere, really. But then it was all quite... And then actually, when I got the series commission, did a whole new round of research, and <clears throat> that threw up all sorts of new story and characters. So it was a ongoing thing. How different was your first pilot script to the one that we saw on the screen? Oh, yeah. I mean, it had a whole story strand that's not in the show. I mean, um, I'd like to think there's a possibility we might do more of the gold and if we do that would be other areas of story but there's the yeah there was there was definitely significant changes there was a whole foreign storyline that i just took out of eventually with this with this series but it's um it, the, the thing with gold is there is so much story like that the reason that it did the book was we had this huge thing of research and the researcher was keen to turn it into a book and i said yeah well you know let's let's do it so we we um, he did a lot of work, to be honest with it, and then I worked worked my way through and <coughs> structured it and, and, and things like that, and give it and polish. But it's it's there's so much story in that book that's not in the show. There's great mm. story, like you could mm. almost pull out. There's bits. There's a chap chapters in those book that could be a sort of three part drama by themselves. You know, nice. um, yeah. It's, it's. I just think I was very very lucky with the goal. I don't. I, you know, I, I've never been pitched or come across a true story that is is as rich as that before and I might never be again you know it's it's a real kind of one off thing did you get to meet any of the actual characters yeah I spoke to lots of people from kind of different areas of the story um Brian Boyce was massively helpful the kind of lead detective you know tracking him down and um you know he's in his mid 80s and 
you know, I, I used to just, I started just going to his house quite a lot and sitting in his kitchen and, and chatting to him for hours. And it was, it was amazing, really, um, that kind of insight. And then spoke to, yeah, all, all kind of all sorts of people that they were sort of involved at different stages of the story. And it's interesting um, how many of them it really marked their, marked their lives, you know, sort of good and bad reasons, really. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. It was quite fascinating for me because I, I grew up where, um, where all the Kent part was set. And so uh, growing up, I, I'd always, I'd heard about all of this. There was like, there was always talk about Brinks Matt and uh, the, do you know the area West Kingsdown? Yeah, 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 yeah. There was always sort of rumours. How close that was, to that, to your house was that, your home? Oh, like a few miles. Right. Like three miles. Really? Yeah, yeah. And so there's always there's always rumours that the Brinks Matt Gold was <laughs> Yeah. Um all the gangsters were up there. And but he, I guess you're a kid, yeah, or whatever. And then weirdly, my friend because uh, I was banging on about the gold on here and stuff, and he texted me, he said, You know so and so's uncle was involved, someone I went to school with. I was like, what? Really? So there's all this stuff. So I was I was like extra kind of like kind of, oh my god, this is but I didn't even. Did know you hear either. the name on the show, Joe? Uh, no. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know. His oh, okay. Was, um, right. But like, even I didn't know really anything about it. I didn't have any clue how sort of the. Well, I just you know, gold's nicked. That's it. Well, that's weird. And then you're eight, and you're back on your bike. And then it was like it just all this craziness of how how it kind of has to get back into the. Oh, that yeah, it's back so into in- the into the yeah. system. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, it's yeah. I think all around Kent, and and then the other ones all around Bristol with John Palmer. You know, I've had lots of messages from people that live down that way, and all the kind of stories <clears throat> of what went on then. It's uh, it's it's this lovely little pockets. There's these sort of pockets around England of where the story played out. You know, sort of around the Docklands, Kent, Bristol, um, you know, Hatton Garden. Mm. Uh, but yeah, getting the gold back. I mean, it it was three tons of gold, and uh, the, the, I think the vast majority of it basically got disguised and sold back into the into the gold market. And for that to happen involves so many people, so many different worlds. It's really interesting. I mean, that's what's great about the stories. It goes through all these different areas of society. You know, yeah. it sort of felt like when I was watching it, I was like, "There's no way you can't." people can't get it's so complicated to get the gold back into whatever you know the system you can't not catch some people it's impossible do you know what i mean it's like trying to get an elephant back in your house or something you know it's like (laughs) it's so much you know what i mean it was like what you nick it you sort of felt like you've nicked it and you go okay that's like one percent of what's got to happen i don't even i didn't even know about i didn't actually know it was nicked from Heathrow, I know you don't sort of yeah. do that stuff, but I just started reading the book. I was like, oh, I didn't yeah. actually know where it was nicked from or anything. I didn't know that they hadn't, I had no idea there's that much there and stuff. Yeah. So they weren't um, sort of prepared for the the amount they had even. Yeah. Well, it's interesting in the book because we speak to Mickey McAvoy, who's the, who, who organised the robbery, and he suggests that they knew a certain amount of the gold was there. But it's all, it, the thing about Brinks Matt is <clears throat> every stage there's so many theories so many different theories about what happened and there's certain legal reasons people will give different views. And so it's kind of competing theories and it is a really mysterious story. And we've told our version of it, a dramatized version and other people will have others, which is, which is cool, but it's, um, it's, 
it, yeah, the, the, the getting the gold back into the market is. You've got to remember though, in the eighties that we think of it now in our world of the information age and all these yeah. systems mm. and 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 internet and and everyone's sort of everyone's interconnected and mm. any action has all these consequences. Whereas back then it was basically one bloke talking to another bloke half the right. time. Right. You know, and saying you're right, taking this gold, and I'm going, yeah, fine. You know, and 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 then there was there was definitely bits of corruption here and there as well, and a bit of greed here and there. But it was also just simple. It was just much simpler. I mean, they did ultimately take the Brinksmack gold, um, smelt it, chuck in a few copper coins, so it looked a bit different. The purity changed. Get oh, is rid- that why they did it? Yeah, get rid of right. the serial, get rid of the serial numbers, and then take it back to these assays where they hallmarked it. Uh, and Hallmark, yeah. and then sold it back into the market. You know, so so they, I mean, they sold it. They sold some of the gold back to the original owners of the gold. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cheeky beggars. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, Johnson, so you, Johnson, yeah, Matthew owned the gold that was nicked and ended up rebuying some of their own gold once it had come through back through the system. Um, mm. you you saying you met the guy? What's the name of the guy who organised? I didn't meet him. I just spoke oh. to him over the phone. Yeah. Right, on the phone, because that's like, okay, so I presume he went to prison. Because if he's if he's open, yeah. if he's able yeah. to talk about it, well, that must have been nuts. Going okay, I'm talking to someone who organises. Yeah, it's really about. interesting. I mean, he, you know, it was a violent robbery, and you can't ignore that. And he didn't ignore mm. that, to be honest, in the conversation. You know, so it's not it's not a sort of Robin Hood situation, but you know, mm. but 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 I just thought it was really interesting because he got sentenced to 25 years, McAvoy. And when I spoke to him, he was, and sadly he's passed away now. Yeah, but I spoke to him. He was in his um, early seventies, and um, I think it sounds crazy, but I think there was a real honesty to, for me from his side of the conversation because I think he had nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a really interesting conversation where he talks about the the robbery and kind of what came from it, and and you know that's his angle in the story, and everyone's got their own angle. But it was crazy hearing that voice from you know down the years. Um, the people who were actually there um, at the time, it's, it's fascinating. There's so many great characters. The guy called Bob McCunn in the book who um, was a solicitor and he worked for the Brinks Matt Insurers and he was this very kind of formal solicitor and he got asked by the insurers if he, they paid out the money for the gold and they said, do you think you could get any of the money back? So it's 26 million they paid out. He spent about 10 years uh, tracking people down that benefit from the robbery, and he got back twenty-seven million. So he got back a million more than they paid out, and he did deals with a lot of the criminals involved. Yeah, and so this little, you know, very nice, unassuming solicitor went approached all these, you know, the big, the biggest criminals in the story privately, and uh, did deals with them and got millions of pounds from them. We just saying there, were you, were you like, like dealing? Were you slightly wary of bringing up a, some of this story? Like, if you're dealing with I know, I know it was 40 years ago, but like people that were involved, you go, oh God, I don't want to ruffle any. I think you've got to just be, no, I think you um, just do your research, I think it's the biggest thing. And then certainly recognise the most sensitive areas of the story and, you know, make, and there's a real tragedy at the heart of the show, for example, and it's been a long time getting that right, speaking to a lot of the people involved and, you know, having long conversations with people and making sure we got that absolutely right and that they would mm. be upset or affected by it so you just got to you know recognize recognize the most sensitive areas and make sure you get them that right and then otherwise just do your research and make sure you're trying to be as fair as you can and not sensationalizing anything 
And have you had yeah. contact with people? Have they seen it? And have you spoke to them afterwards? People that you spoke with about helping you? Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been, I've been gratified with the response of the people that I was kind of worried about in terms of people who are innocently affected by yeah. the story. Yeah, definitely been. I've been uh, very relieved and pleased with their, their response to the story. They're the, they're, that's the responses I'm most concerned about, to be honest. But what the, the character I've sort of hooked in on is the the guy, the security guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm I'm guessing there's his story continues because it's just like this regular bloke suddenly caught up in a. Well, no, I mean I tell the full story in the book with with the guy that he's kind of inspired by. But yeah, he was it was kind of tragic figure really. He was he was um sort of groomed essentially, I guess, mm. by the robbery gang and uh, and came out of it with nothing other than a prison sentence. I mean, I think he I think his identity was changed, and I don't know what he had no idea what what happened to him. That scene with Hugh Bonneville and him, yeah, he's just giving it. It's so good, such a brilliant bit of writing. Yeah, it's great. Thank you very much. No, he, he yeah. was, and that Joe Atlan, he's a fantastic actor as well. I mean, that you know, that, yeah, that, yeah. Joe, I met Joe on him and her. Actually, he's fantastic. He's got some stories. He's an interesting chap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he was he was brilliant. He was great. And I, I I was I loved it. You know, when the in the opening episode where he's. Hiding behind the coat stand and, oh, and so weird, like, isn't it? It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I thought that was so brilliant because I was like, I oh, just don't know how you're going to react under that degree yeah. of pressure. And you go, I think I'll do something similar. Well, did he do that? Yeah. So, so there's there's a there's a so there's um, there's this amazing <laughs> footage. So there's a documentary the BBC are doing that comes out I think next week. That's a one-off about the the gold, and it was it's not our company, but we're still in contact with them, and they they've used. So the, it, it, that's true. So basically, they videoed the police videoed the Brinksmart guards and said, "Just talk us through what happened." And it was the first time that had ever been done by the Met. And I've seen that footage, oh, and wow. I think the documentary company's using it. And that that guard is very similar. He's he's in the corner, and and they're saying, "Well, you would have seen them leave." And he's like, "No, no, no. I was I was sort of <laughs> I was sort of more over here." And then by the end, he's like standing <laughs> almost with his nose against the wall. So, um, it was such a yeah. funny scene. Yeah. yeah, but that was yeah. uh, that was the benefit of being the set actually. I think as well. I was there that day, and and they moved that. You know, there was a gap in the coat stand. Oh yeah, and they moved the coat stand. I said, no, no, leave the coat stand. Like that. Oh yeah, it's even weirder. Yeah, he yeah. needs yeah, to yeah. struggle. That needs, and they were saying, well, he, yeah. he won't be able to get in. And I said, that's you know, that's the point. Yeah. Leave it. You know, yeah. he's got to kind of wrestle with that coat stand. And so he, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, he was brilliant, Joe. And um, but yeah, so so many fantastic performances. And that's the thing with an ensemble like that. And you, it's you know. As you know, when you do ensemble, it's quite exciting because you get to the cell. Who's in today? Oh, great! I've not yeah. seen them. Not yeah, seen them yeah, for a yeah. week. Yeah, when you look, when you look at you know yeah. you go into the makeup area and you see all the long yeah. line of faces. That's a great thing. You go, cool! Look at that. <laughs> yeah. All those people mm. are involved. How did we get those? I know. Yeah, it's exciting. You must have sat in the edit, going, "I've made a super little show." <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to go on Chatterbix and chat yeah. about this. But there is a big relief, though, is it? Where you go, "Oh, this is." This feels good. Oh, absolutely! It's so because yeah. you just never know, do you? And it's, no. it's, I think you've had the standout show of the year. You know, you know those ones that catch fire and everyone's talking about. Like I, I've, because I keep going. I kind of know the writer. I see that a lot. <laughs> Did you say that? Everyone who tasked me, have you seen the, the insurance. girl? The insurance company. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really talk now. I don't know if you've seen the girl. It's funny though. It's kind of yeah. It's it's definitely you feel it does feel like it's made this 
significant impact, which I've not had before. Yeah, and it, that sort of doesn't happen in TV really much at the moment. No, it? it's so rare yeah. for it to be the yeah. one that everyone's talking about. It's like yeah. the half, the must-watch show. God, that must be lovely. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, we're going to be next with the Cockfields on BBC Two <laughs> next week. No, I, I just saw that. What's tell, talk me through that? That's really did was that totally unexpected? You just get yeah, yeah, yeah. They've they um they bought it. And it's they, bought, they emailed us said we, we think you're fantastic um, um, you're up there with Neil Forsyth really <laughs> like, hey, hey, not sure about that but no, it just came out of nowhere yeah hopefully people will watch it that's brilliant and are they going to yeah. put both both series out and uh, just the first one at the moment I think yeah see how it goes down I think Sorry to interrupt the pod, hope you're enjoying it, but um, just wanted to tell you that we have a Patreon page you can join if you're enjoying what we do, and you can get even more of us. Oh, can you imagine? So as little as £3 a month, you can get early access to podcasts, behind-the-scenes bits and bobs. We post pics and videos of what we're up to. Um, There's even an opportunity to come on the show, if that's what you fancy. There's access to our Discord channel, where the serious chatter biscuits gather and chat nonsense it's basically a really lovely community of idiots like us and i'm guessing probably like you so uh, if you fancy that go to patreon.com forward slash chatterbix now enjoy the rest of the pod How old are you, Neil? You look fantastic. Thank you very much. I feel great. <laughs> we've got a chart. Of, we've got, I've got a chart on my wall of guests and how fantastic they look, and you are well up. You are. Yeah, it's like the Top Gear board. You're next to Dermot O'Leary. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. That is unbelievable. Are we several places below Rick Edwards? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. On he's on the roof. Yeah, he's, he's attached to the chimney. Yeah. And doesn't he know it? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he rub it in? Uh, <laughs> 40, 44 years old. 44. That's a lovely age. Solid. It's a solid <laughs> yeah, age. A lovely yeah. age. But it's on the... I prefer 27. <laughs> you feel it? Yeah, it is... Uh, I bought a leather jacket the other day and I can't wear Did it. You? I think, yeah, I can't wear it. Oh, I have to what what does it look like? Any chance I, I look like... Look it? it's, no, it's in the house. I look like... <laughs> Richard mealy has been invited to the Brits. <laughs> That's oh, right, what, yeah. You're playing it cash. Yeah. At the last minute. So he's panicked and he's run to the show. He hasn't panicked. Have you put it on and going, I can't leave the house? Anymore. I put it on, I thought, I can't do it. This is, this is going to no. lead to... Still got the receipt? Yeah, I've got the receipt. I'm thinking maybe I could offset it with a hoodie or something, and then it's a bit more like, oh, you know. Might just, be making just, it worse now. You yeah, that's the danger. My, that's the my danger. friend's wife said to him recently, you need to stop sorry, uh, You need to stop wearing sweaters. And he's late 40s. So what, what's oh. a sweater? What do you mean a sweater? Like a just a long like a normal top? Like a, what's yeah, like a sweater? A, like, like a V-neck or just a, just a well, jumper? Just look like a, oh, like a long sleeve. Because of the, ne- the jowls. Is she saying he needs to get a collar in there? <laughs> she just said it's a, it's a young person's top. And oh, I, I wear guess... loads of free filth. I think I'm like, do they have the neck like the t shirt you've got, but just long arms? Yeah. Oh, no. You need I to wear stop wearing sweaters. Them. I wear a lot of them. Is he young? She said, you're not, you're not a skater. You're not a surfer. Stop wearing sweaters. What's he going to swap in for them then? 
Well, I guess a little polo shirt with a, with yeah. a little jumper. <laughs> I, have nice. looked, I have been looking. Yeah. At, you, know, you know, men of our age, like yeah. 40 years ago, they dressed age appropriately. And I don't think mm. we, as a generation, no. No, we cling, we cling on, and it gets uncomfortable, but, I think, for those around yeah. us. But yeah. John Lloyd would say, keep clinging on and enjoy it. And then you'd and say, you get caught up what's in the, the heaviest? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the heaviest type of thing. Yeah, he'd say, I think Buddha said, they give a long quote. I mean, yeah. he'd say, if I run, <laughs> when would I pass out? John? <laughs> okay, I feel like we're not getting the best of John Lloyd here. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I just ask one more thing about this BBC Two thing, though? I mean, that is nuts. Yeah. You must be really excited. The actors must be, and yeah, it's great. It's it's. Um, Do you know what? I would have been surprised. excited if it feels like a project from a while ago now. All mm. oh, right. So we kind of, for me, I'm kind of like, oh, that is it's pleasant. But it was always the dream to get like yeah down somewhere to get yeah. like something on the BBC and Channel 4 BBC is amazing too as well it's Just like, like lovely, the BBC's grown up watching all your favourite shows on the Beeb and yeah. stuff and they go oh you've got one on the Beeb so you go well that's that's a sort of dream complete isn't yeah. it oh, like, that's brilliant yeah I always, I just wanted more people to watch the Cockfields and mm. I'd just be interested to see if it does people like it or not yeah, yeah. it's great and then it'll be kicking the Kicking the teeth, and they don't. <laughs> and when you, get, when you get one rice crispy from, uh, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Joe now he gave it four, I think, back in the day. I, you know, when you when you had him on and you mentioned the goals, Joe, my oh, yes. heart was in my I mouth. Bet. I bet. So this could go horribly wrong. Uh, you know, I uh, I gave it four and three quarters because I hadn't seen the finale, if I remember rightly. Yeah. No, I, I felt met- good about you. What I'm saying is, I was worried that. TV, uh, TV Joe, TV oh, Joe. was going to say, "Oh yeah, I saw that." that. Just, yeah, I know. Imagine that. Just a he can turn on sleep. stuff, can't he? He, can. he loves, he even loves stuff where he goes, "Do you know what is a waste of?" Do you remember that poetry thing he hated? Yeah, he yeah. Stop going on about how much yeah. he hated it. Series three, episode forty-two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even pre, I mean, pre, I mean, he's not a natural. He's terrific. He's not a natural praiser. It comes grud. It's grudging. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He hates his role. Summary. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a natural <laughs> praiser, right? and he's stuck in that. He's stuck in his role. <laughs> oh God! So, what are you doing at the moment, Neil? Have you got many? Um, like ideas and projects on the yeah on the I'm, I'm kind of uh well various scripts that i'm writing and um developing a couple of things i'm really enjoying the kind of real world projects just now um i'm finding that that quite interesting but also i was in glasgow for the day yesterday um on the last ever uh, mix of the guilt um so that's it's it's quite a nice year this year because everything's coming out, you know. Like yeah. last year, I was making, yeah. and then this yeah. year I've got guilt out, and then I did this film that's coming out in um, in the awesome, I think. So it's what's uh, the film? What's it's that? It's a Samuel Beckett biopic. So I, I oh. wrote, um, I wrote it. And Gabriel Byrne plays Beckett. Wow. Um, Aidan Gillen's in it. Maxine Peake and a few other. It's a really interesting oh, story. My God, what's so it that's. Are you, are you? Are you? This year, are you currently sort of walking around occasionally, going, "My career is fantastic." It's not. And... It's not. It's not occasional. <laughs> <laughs> but, but last year, I had two or three things come out. I went, "Look at me! 
Look at me having things come out. And now this show, I'm like, oh, look at me with nothing. Yeah. <laughs> nothing in the pipeline. Oh, I put all my eggs into 2022. <laughs> oh, it's a bit like that. When, when things, you know, yeah. in this, you kind of, things are going really well, you just keep thinking, oh, God, imagine the dip that's coming. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you remember when we had, we, we put all our, we kind of, me and David were, when we wrote Rovers and they got eight, they cancelled it. I remember where I was and we'd always gone, we need to have other things in the pipeline. And we just kept sort of doing And it went, shunk, and we were like, oh, balls. And then we just had yeah, that conversation yeah. about how long it takes. And we were going, okay, if everything goes well, we won't have any, if everything goes perfectly, we're not going to have anything out for like four years. Oh my God. It was like, mm. yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. That's definitely a way to protect yourself if I've kind of, at least a you few know things did, going. You know what we did now? <laughs> oh, God, don't tell him. I don't know what Sharon is. Horgan's first series got pulled after one or two series. Oh, yeah, we kept saying stuff about, like that. It took her about two or three <laughs> years, and then she came up with, and that became a hit. <laughs> so we're on the same yeah. downward trajectory as her, so we should have the upward bump. David, when's that bump coming? In 2000. <laughs> Oh, that yeah. hasn't worked out the same as her. So who can we follow now? <laughs> Ian Wright didn't start playing for Crystal Palace. Oh, that's your classic. <laughs> yeah. I always used to yeah. Jock Steen didn't get signed for Celtic till he was 35. That was something I always remember when I was yeah. young. 35? Yeah. Thinking I could still get, I could probably still get signed, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think Ricky Gervais is one for that as well. A lot of people go, oh, it's okay. 41, yeah. 42 to make it, isn't yeah. it? Also, stand-ups have the... Um, I think it. I think it's Eddie Izzard. Was they go? Eddie Izzard was crap for twelve years, and then it all just clicked. So there's all that. Shout out to you, Eddie. (laughs) I'm sure you weren't shit. I'm sure. Yeah. If you could come back on the email as well, asking you to come on. (laughs) I'd just like to throw out a massive apology. Um, But like that, you know, when you hear something like that, and you just go, "I'm maybe I'm Eddie Izzard. Maybe I'm still shit." Yeah. Yeah. Do you know um, Gervais? We, yeah. um, I, so when I was still sort of working as a freelance journalist and trying to get things made, I interviewed Ricky Gervais for, um, men's health. Right. And I was, and I interviewed him at his office in, in London and then mm-hmm. went for a run with him on Hampstead Heath. Yeah. It was, it was all about men's health and men's fitness. It was when he was going through his big fitness thing. And, um, I had, which uh, that thing of probably you, I've had with him when I went in and the office and I said this is the guy that wrote the yeah. office and all this and that you know that you've, you've probably been in that office with all the post-its and everything mm. and mm. and I'd just had I think Bob Servant had just been commissioned for maybe a pilot or something in BBC Scotland and uh, he was so kind about like advice you know um, what you know what what and he gave some really kind of interesting little thoughts and like how to handle that early days of, of you know getting a show picked up and making sure you enjoy it and making sure you can stick to your vision and everything. But I like, just remember looking at those post-its and he had little ideas and thinking, Fuck, I don't want to be writing about people's jogging programs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I went and met Steve. I've probably said this before. I went and met Stephen and Ricky when they were writing the Christmas office and they had the post-it notes on the wall and they said, don't, don't read the, so sort of, Oh my God. Yeah. Interesting. It's so exciting. So exciting. These things, they feel so distant, but that, that, that kind of dip, I've always had that my whole, my whole career has always been things where I've thought this is, this is it. This is the one, 
I'm going to be absolutely laughing when this comes out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah. yeah, I, I feel like I, ca- I keep saying, when do I start earning? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is oh, it, like, why yeah. is it the next project? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's always a couple of months, one. and the pressure is off. <laughs> Yeah. When this, when this, 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 this one goes well, if this yeah, yeah. one goes well, then it will definitely open. Do- I don't want any. I want this door to be wide open. Yeah, yeah. Please. I remember yeah. when I when I my first book came out, and uh, it was a non-fiction book, and I and I'd uh, I'd been reading loads by this American non-fiction author called Ben Messerich, and he wrote these books that kept getting made in the films. And I always remember reading this profile of him, and he lived in this penthouse apartment, looking over Boston Harbor, and had a a massive telescope. It just kept talking about this NASA level telescope. He had. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I, I was tw- late twenties living in Edinburgh in a flat. And I was like, fuck, when this comes out, this book, I'm getting a bigger flat. I'm getting a fucking telescope. Yeah. And uh, needless to say. Yeah. There's a guy who knows how to spend his money wisely. There was, there was no. That, guy. <laughs> that guy's got his head screwed on the telescope. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you kind of you always think it, it's it's you're always a few days or a bad review or something getting turned down away from being back in that panic oh, and yeah. fear. Yeah, and what I don't like, what I find sort of stressful, the industry is that you have to keep creating things to make money to yeah. feed your children, and yeah, you've got to keep coming up with. I'm like, oh, I'm Do you remember when we were tired. Talk, we were talking about? Um, we were talking about getting something away and we were talking about how there's this like melee, this pool of writers. Oh yeah. We wanted to get, to get in the bubble. <laughs> we wanted to get out of the melee and into the bubble. Into who the were safety. In the bubble, who, Sharon Horgan was in the bubble. Sam and Jesse. Sam and Jesse. Sam and Jesse were, yeah. were in the bubble. And we, we created this thing <laughs> that once you get out of the, it's like a whirlpool of writers just going around like that. Like, ah, fucking hell, can't try to grab onto the bubble. Yeah, and we were like, right. Once you get in the bubble, and we were like, so then you're out, and you never have to go back into the melee. And then we got something away. Then that gets cancelled. We were going, oh god, we're back in the melee, aren't we? We're back in the whirlpool again. Going, yeah, wow, yeah. Shit. It just beckoned yeah. out of the bubble. <laughs> Lads, can we have a quick? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, you'll be you'll be going you're back. You're well in the and truly in the bubble. Yeah, you? you're I'm, you're I'm in the safe do- bit just, of the bubble. I'm dominating the bubble. You're in the bubble. <laughs> you're telling people where to sit in the bubble. <laughs> Welcoming them in. The new people it. have to sit by the latch, though, because they could be going back out very soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. Waiting we just got to <sighs> pop our head in the bubble, have a look round, and then we were sucked back out. Rejection is such a part of the job, and you've just got to accept that, and it never, ever goes away. I think I've got much better about that, to be honest. Like, yeah. Get things turned down and be, you know, philosophical about it. I'm always interested. You know, when you speak to people and they, they, like, I, I think we learned like you have to have an idea, write it as well as you can, put it out there, do the next thing, you know, and you kind of build. So you've got like a sort of stuff to to sort of sell. When you occasionally meet people and they've got this one idea that they've sort of had for like fifteen years, and you go. That's that might find its place, but you have to have more than one. Oh yeah, it's like it's, you it's, can't just go. I've got this cracking idea. You go. You need you need loads of cracking ideas. Yeah, don't you? I fixating mean, on something, and and this is the only thing I want to write. You can't yeah. really think like no. that. You kind of think this is the kind of show I want to write, and I've kind of got two or three things developing that would be broadly in that area. 
And but it's hard. I mean, I still, you know, you kind of you feel you can still feel like your depth all the time and sort of yeah. pitching stuff always have, you know. It, and and Neil, can you um put my mind at rest and just say that you don't know what you're doing when it comes to writing? Because each time <laughs> I try a new project, I'm just like, I don't know what what? Yeah. I mean, have you have you got you've got your little plans in place, but does it feel like a insurmountable task each time? I think what I've got better at is thinking uh, I'll get there in terms of I'm not saying it's sub- subjectively I'm not saying it's objectively sorry good or bad, but if I have enough time, I'll write a script that I like that you know and it's like I I, I really like this I'd watch this, um, and that's one of the biggest things for me earlier in my career partly because you're scratching about for money and stuff taking on stuff that I don't really want to do like one of the things I've got written over in my office is like do you want to write this which sounds ridiculous but that was mm. that's because i kept getting into a few things where i was like i don't really and then it's just painful the whole process is yeah and then if it becomes a success you gotta do it for years oh yeah you re- yeah you i've been really in a care. position which i'm sure you have occasionally with pilot scripts where i'm like i hope this doesn't get picked up yeah. you know i hope this doesn't get picked up because i don't i don't I really want to do this i don't really believe in it i'm not sure what i mm. thought it was but it certainly isn't this <laughs> but mm. Uh, mm. But no, I think now I definitely wouldn't want to say, I wouldn't want to try and teach a university course on writing, but I do feel that I know how to write the kind of thing I want to write and what, you know, and I know what kind of my strengths and particularly my weaknesses are. And uh, I feel time's often the big enemy for me now, just making sure I'm not handing in something that's more of a first draft and not quite ready. I feel like if I've got enough time, I can write an episode of television that I would like to watch. Basically, I think that's yeah, yeah. But do you guys feel? Do you feel uh, comfortable in the in the industry? Been in it a long time. No, I tell you what, I feel now is slightly more comfortable creating our own stuff like this. Mm. Yeah, it's this is We've just got fantastic. this sort of rumbling in the background, and then everything else is like a bonus. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly how yeah. I feel. Actually, I feel like yeah. sort of. God, I'm going to be so gush. I'm sort of honoured this has taken off. Yeah, and I'm oh, like, thank you. <laughs> I mean this this episode with Neil. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> um, and I was like, oh wow, like this this is just ours. This is we don't have to jump through any hoops. To we don't have someone going. We really need you to sort of be yeah. this shit or whatever. It's like it is what it is, and we define it. And I'm like, that's. That's mad that that's a thing. It's just a great time for DIYing mm. stuff. Yeah. And I, and I love it. And I love that aspect of it, like not having gate. But it's great. But you should be proud of this. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's all joking aside, it's, it's brilliant. And it's like, if you think of the time that people listen to your fucking daily podcast. <laughs> and it needed uh, an know, effing in there. Yeah. It, needed, <laughs> it deserved you know, an effing. Probably, I bet they don't dedicate that amount of time to, you know, a TV show a week and things. But I Why think did it, you put a fucking in there, Neil? Why did you feel it necessary? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get into that. I'd have annoyed if you hadn't. Yeah, let's, let's, get into that. let's get into that. Finally. <laughs> yeah. find, Here's my list of nut. things that's wrong with your This is the problem. nub of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a commitment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you feel like if you? I'm not saying you listen to them all, but 
if you miss like a couple of weeks, you're like, oh, I don't know what they're going on about now. Yeah, Fuck I'm on. uneasy. I've maybe missed the <laughs> joke. <Yeah. laughs> this is, you know, or, or there's a debrief episode. Oh, wasn't it scary when we had to speak to anyone? Like, Fucking hell, I need to go and listen to it. Oh, no. <laughs> Or like the boy from the boy from Deal or No Deal. I'm like, oh, I think I missed yeah. the second or the fifth. Up, you know? <laughs> and it's not labelled well enough to go back, is it? Let's be honest. Yeah, it's confusing. The titles are confusing, and sometimes I listen to five minutes. And I think I've already, I've already listened to this. Yeah. Do you remember Rob uh, Beckett? Rob Beckett uh, phoned me up and he said, he said, no, I like it. I like it. He goes, but you've got to tell us what's going on, mate. <laughs> And I was oh, like, what do you mean? Yeah. And he's, but just generally, he's like, he goes, you just talk like we just know what you're on about. And we don't. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, well, sort of everything. Yeah. <laughs> like he goes, you come halfway through Canal Canal Thursdays. And you met, he said, he goes, well, don't know what that is. Yeah. You don't know what, you don't set it up that you're going to get someone and they're going to, and I was like, Mate, we're too far uh, away, yeah. Canal Thursdays are absolutely terrific. Not of Greg, Seb, Seb is fantastic. Oh. We have so much Love fun Seb. doing that. Just Seb, yeah, he's brilliant. He played. Oh, yeah. um, Seb. You ever worked with him? Yeah, yeah. They played. Uh, him and Dustin played uh, Status Quo. I did a. Oh, you have a myth one. Yeah, backstage yes. at Live Aid. Oh. I did a few of those urban myths, and one of them was backstage. Yeah, I watched at, that. Yeah, backstage I watched at Live Aid, and. Um, they played uh, status quo. Yeah, Dustin. They're so funny, and he's uh, oh, he's Brilliant. fantastic. Dustin, um, so, that, yeah. those two, like, I just, I'm amazed they're no bigger, no more sort of well known. They're just, they're they're so funny. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, such funny people. Sketch. That's difficult. Sketch, isn't it? I suppose now. Yeah. yeah. Well, they they sort of they they had their they nailed they nailed. Sketch, didn't they? They sort of, yeah, they, yeah their they, show was brilliant. It was brilliant, and then it was like kind of complete, done. We've nailed, yeah, where, where'd you go from there? Yeah, it was mm. like, oh no, you've you've mastered it. Let me oh, ask a couple yeah. of chatter biscuit questions because I think the chatter biscuits will thank me for doing so. <laughs> Can we have a little bed here, please, James, for when the uh interviewees in <laughs> David and Joe? Yeah, I'm really what's nervous. going on? Oh, quite, that's quite nice, if I may, with the live show possibility. Well, that comes up regularly. We then... But it, but unsurprisingly, it's not resolved. Yeah, that's... yeah. <laughs> but I'll I think... tell you what, I'm worried about dickheads. Yeah, spoiling it. What I would think... they shout? What would they shout that would just derail it for you, David? Anything. Else. It's people getting wind in under their wings. Is that a phrase? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. people song, getting carried away. Oh, do yeah. you know what it is? I know what it is because David said, Stop showing off! Uh, yeah, I can uh, sort of, I can handle that. It's them thinking that they're part of the show, and let me tell you now, you're not. Yeah, you want to. I think it's important that you do clarify the disdain in which you'd hold the audience. <laughs> yeah, and it won't be a good show. Go into it knowing that, like it just—it's not going to have. Any... Like, have fun, enjoy us, but don't get. But in too a way involved. that we're happy. Yeah. With. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't certainly don't enjoy it more than us. Yeah. <laughs> we won't be no. enjoying it. No, I don't know. Mm. We, talk, we sort of dance around it, and we say things like, "Why don't when this series is over, why don't we talk about it properly?" We say things yeah. like that. Um, yeah. I don't know. What, what and the other we... one I'd say is, how many eps 
I love the mechanics of it. How many apps do you do? I know you, do, you, do you do two or three a day, and then do you have a couple of days off? Um, it used to be we did it every day, didn't we? Mm. And that was insane. And then I'd edit it and then put it out. So we quite liked it being oh topical. <laughs> and then we realised we'd never say anything topical. <laughs> so we um, like yeah. we sometimes do like two we try we try and this is very much behind the curtain no chat um, biscuits we, this is honestly this is gold chat biscuits will be oh, thanking really? me for uh, this I mean yeah. to the point where Natalie Cassidy could actually join this <laughs> <laughs> this soon in ten minutes yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a crossover <laughs> Natalie <laughs> Neil Neil Natalie Together at last. I'm thinking about eating a banana in between. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I'll let you go. No, I don't want to. No, this has been fantastic. I, I'm yeah. sort of over the moon that you were an early chatter biscuit. Yeah, I, yeah I, it, gave, it sort of plumped my feathers. Yeah, I was like, wow, something's going on, David. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, maybe we're catching a zeitgeist. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's. Uh, it was great, and I'm glad you didn't chuck it because you nearly chucked it live on various <laughs> several occasions. Yeah, yeah. I, there, we put. I think we put ourselves under too much like strain, like doing it through the cotfields and stuff like that. Looking back, yeah. is, well, is I, I know Simon. Oh, do you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, right. I, 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 um, I remember him saying that. I uh, said about Chatterbus. He said, "Yeah, but he just couldn't get his head round it." And he'd be, yeah, we've been up three hours <laughs> and we turned up on set. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <And he> wondering <laughs> why we didn't know lines and things. Yeah, well, he just said like, you were saying you were tired, and he said, "Yeah, I'm sorry about the schedule." Like, no, no, we obviously we're doing our daily t- t- podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so weird, David McCain. If you learnt your lines, I okay, go. Now I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of endangering the thing we've worked for ten years for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, glad, oh, you didn't, glad you didn't chuck it, and oh, uh, very excited. Know. Good luck with Cockfields on the BBC. That's brilliant. Thank oh, you. Good luck with all you do. Yeah, Come back congr- on, Neil. Congratulations on the gold. Honestly, Neil, it's fantastic. And yeah. thank you for the book. I've start, I started reading last night, Great. this morning. Yeah, and, uh, I'm you, so pleased there's loads, loads of new stuff. So, yeah, yeah, should we promote your book? Yeah, go on. How are you, how are you planning to do that? On a I don't know. Do that for a start. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's That's get it. a grab of that. Hold on. I can't. How do yeah. you do a screen grab when you're holding something up? Well, we can do it after. I'll do it after. <laughs> okay. So, have you got a book, Neil? What? I'm getting involved in this. I mean, like a fucking imbecile. Like a... Your book? Hang on. I do. What's that? Here we go. Right. There we I go. I want to try and do it now. Here we go. Hold on. I might be able to do it. Here we go. Hold on. I can do it now. I can do it now. Hold it up. I mean, this God, is ridiculous. Yeah. And yeah. oh, upside down. down. <laughs> You're better than that, Neil. <laughs> Done it. So, that we, that's, hey. um, so Neil's book out, uh, The Gold. The real life story behind Brinkmat, Britain's biggest heist. That's I, did, it. I read that really badly. Sorry, gentlemen. Thank you very much for having me on. Love well, to come back on, Neil. If yeah, you if you I'd know, if you if you yeah. you know, if struggling for ideas and you need a couple of um, bit of inspiration. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, pop on. Please you want to come out of the bubble and into the melee? <laughs> yeah, if here. you want to dive into the whirlpool of shit, please <laughs> yeah. join us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Always good to see you. Thanks, dip back Neil. In. All right, Thanks lads. so much. That was brilliant. See you later. Thanks very much. Bye, mate. Bye.